afternoon, evening, noontime, whenever it is you find yourself. Welcome to the Sneaky Emu. This is episode number 118, part of our bleep series that we're going to call Speak the Bleep Out. Yeah. So we've been doing this uh, thing that I'm calling the bleep series, and we're going through various things that are kind of just like good things for life in general. Um... Anyways, uh, the Sneaky Emu is a place where we're into... Di- oh, Mom, thanks for listening. Sneaky Emu is a place where we're into discover the wonders of the world, the beauty of God that are ever before us that sometimes we overlook or occasionally fail to see. Uh, actually, you know, I've been watching... J- just recently, I've watched a couple of, like, nature documentaries. Uh, you know, like, when, when my wife is at work or something, because we... You know, like, everybody's got... Like, you've got your shows, and then you have our shows... You know what I'm saying? Like, so we have a few shows that Jess and I watch together, but then um, we, like, if she's not there, I just watch the stuff that I don't think she would really be that into. So I watch some, like, all the offbeat stuff or nature documentaries or whatever. So anyways, uh, I had watched the one, two that were really interesting kind of nature-related documentaries. One was the, um, the Secret Life of Elephants on Disney, if you haven't seen this. It's fantastic. It's so wild just how it's it's wild how wild the wild is. Yeah. And then this other one that a buddy told me about called the Chimp Empire. It's fascinating how these chimpanzees like they just their highly structured uh tribe of uh chimps that they how they function and how they get to get along and don't get along and how they have wars with other tribes of chimps and it's really really interesting. So it's it's worth it's worth uh worth a gander. Both of them are like four episodes each, so it's not like a huge huge time commitment. But it's wonderful. So anyways, we've been doing this this series uh called the the bleep series. Last week we did um essentially I think it was shut the bleep up, <laughs> which still makes me laugh a good bit. Um and and I think one of the things that we I know I've talked about this, but one of the the verses, I don't remember if we used it last week specifically or the week before. It doesn't matter. Um, there's this really great uh, Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 26, and I think this kind of sets the tone for everything we're talking about because because last week we did shut the bleep up, and we're really talking about like learning, learning uh, the art of basically holding your tongue. Right? Like we don't always have to say the thing. Sometimes it's better to like let things go or to not have a response or to, to not push back and you can avoid a lot of conflict that way. But sometimes it is important to speak out, to speak up, to, to say something, to take a stand on something. And so there's this great Proverbs, Proverbs 26, where um, you get kind of like both sides of the coin in two verses back to back. And, and I, I often use this as a way to point to the idea when people talk about, hey, just do what the Bible says, that it's really not that simple. <laughs> like, uh, we've made the Bible a rule book, a, a Wikipedia page sort of thing. And so we read it and we go, oh, it says that, that's, that's all it means and there's nothing else to it. And that's not true. There's so much more to everything when it comes to the Scripture. So Proverbs chapter 26, verse 4 and 5 if you were to say, oh, just do what the Bible says, it creates a bit of a problem because it says two things that point in different directions. 
Okay, so let's read it. I mean, the goal obviously is like, the idea is to find wisdom in, in, your, in your talk. But here's what it says, Proverbs 26, 4 and 5. Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you, you yourself will be just like him. Verse 5. Answer a fool according to his folly, or he will be wise in his own eyes. <laughs> right? So sometimes it's best just to not engage. If somebody's being ridiculous, just let it go because they're, they're going to absorb your time and your energy if you engage in them. And the odds are that you know it's not going to really go anywhere other than maybe to leading you to a place of frustration. So, you know, on one hand, just let it go. But on the other hand, answer a fool according to his folly. Sometimes things need to be addressed. Sometimes people's perceptions need to be, like, uh, challenged or corrected. And so the, the goal here is, you know, if you're just doing what the Bible says, then this could be a bit confusing because it says answer the fool and don't answer the fool. But from a bigger perspective... Um, the idea essentially has to do with uh, the, the wisdom, having the wisdom to know when to do what. And that's really important. So last week we were kind of focused on what would be verse 4, do not answer a fool according to his folly, shut the bleep up. And this week I want to focus on answering a fool according to his folly or speaking the bleep out. Now, we're not going to limit it just to like dealing with people who aren't that bright. This, this I want to cover kind of a much much larger and bigger idea. And it has to do with like just this idea that we do need more voices in our world who are speaking towards the good, who are willing to take a stand for something. Because we do see so many, so many wrongs, so many injustices, so many things that are out of line, so many things that aren't beneficial to like humanity in general, so many things that aren't um pulling us forward into a new way of being. And and it is good for people to speak up and speak out about these things. So we need to learn to speak the bleep out because it's important. And this helps to shape things as we move forward. I think last week we used that phrase from Abraham Joshua Heschel, which was words create worlds, right? If that's true, which I believe it is, then we do have to speak out in order to create the worlds that we want to be living in, in order to create change, in order to make a difference with things. People have to be willing to speak the bleep out, not in an anger sort of way, not in a hatred sort of way, in a loving, kind, bold, and courageous sort of way, that when there is something wrong or something off, somebody's willing to say something about it. Yeah, so there's this... Um, there's this other verse, uh, Proverbs 31. Oh, did I lose it? No, here it is. Proverbs 31. And, and this to me, one, it speaks to uh, the heart of God. Two, it speaks to the idea of in this life, we do actually have a greater mission and purpose other than just like acquiring stuff, right? There is so much more to life than just gaining and striving and putting more in the bank account um, Proverbs 31, 8 and 9 says this, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge, judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. Okay, I'm going to read that again. Proverbs 8, 31. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. 
speak up and judge fairly, defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Yeah. So if something is off, if something is wrong, if something is out of sorts, uh, if there is a place where there is a lack of flourishing, where there is a lack of life to the fullest, uh, then we have some sort of responsibility to say something about it, to do something about it. Now, there, there's this, um, th there's a, uh, uh, what is it? There's a passage. <laughs> I'm looking for a bigger word that doesn't matter. Um, there, there's this long-going debate. I've written about this, and I'm sure I've talked about it. But there's this ongoing debate within the like the Jewish rabbis right, and rabbinic Judaism about what is the most important commandment, the most important command in in the entirety of the scripture, and in I believe it's in the the Mishnah, which is like the 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 discussion of the Jewish rabbis and sages over different passages. All right, that's another thing, by the way. Just why we're here, a little side note. When it comes to Christian thought, like Christianity, American Christianity, American Western Christianity, when it comes to that thought process and how we view and hold the Bible, um, Western American Christianity has adopted the view that uh, it's kind of what we just said that it's that it's very black and white. And if it says it, that's what it means. And there's only one way to understand something. And so we read a passage, we go, yeah, that's it. The Jewish people who <laughs> our religion is based off of, who has handed us you know, what we call the Old Testament, what they just call like the Torah and the law um, and the prophets, uh, they have a completely different approach to Scripture, which is Scripture is something that's supposed to be sorted through and wrestled with. And it's like uh, sometimes I've heard the image of using like a like a giant uh, like diamond of sorts, like a gem. And you look at the scripture from one way, like if you were to look at a gem and how the light comes through it and then reflects and refracts in different directions. And then if you were to spin that gem just a little bit, the light would show through that gem in a completely different way. And so they talk about scripture as like looking at it at a gym, like you keep rotating it and turning it and twisting it. And so you come at a particular passage or understanding from all these different angles and ideas, which actually helps to give you a more well-rounded picture or idea about what the scripture is actually saying. So it, with this in mind, they are the ones that will have, that, that, that don't believe there's one particular way to see things. They will have discussion. And this discussion and, and disagreement and pushback is all recorded in what's called the Mishnah. Right there, I've heard this joke before. I'm getting sidetracked, but it's worth mentioning um, this joke thought process before that two rabbis were arguing over a particular passage, and they argued for like decades, just back and forth and back and forth. And so finally, God got upset with all their arguing. And so God peeled back the heavens and poked his head down and stood and like, okay, <coughs> excuse me. Um, came and came before them and was like, "You guys have to knock this off. Like, like, stop this. You've wasted so much time on arguing about this passage." At which point, both rabbis agreed. <laughs> they finally agreed with each other, and then began to say, and said to God, "Well, who do you think you are?" <laughs> right? They're so caught up in having their argument that they don't, that they didn't allow for God to speak to the thing. It's it's a joke. It's a lighthearted way to poke fun at the idea that that these rabbis would just continually have this discussion. So, in one particular section in the Mishnah, these two rabbis are having a discussion about what is the greatest commandment in all of the law. 
the one rabbi says, sage, uh, I forget the names at this point, but the one says, the most important thing in all, in, in all the Torah is to love your neighbor as yourself, right? Like that's, that's one of the most important things. Like that's in the Old Testament. It comes from Deuteronomy. We see Jesus pick that up later in uh, Matthew chapter 22, where he says, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. One of the other rabbis, he disagrees and he says, no, no, no. The most important like part of the Torah and understanding for how we live this life is actually found in the recitation of generations, which is in Genesis chapter 5. And essentially what it is, is you have the story of Cain and Abel. Cain kills Abel. And then the story continue in chapter 5, at the end of chapter 4, we see that uh, Adam and Eve give birth to another son named Seth, right? Great name. I love that. Uh, and then in chapter 5, the lineage, the history, the 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 family of Adam and Eve, they there's this they call it the recitation of, of generations that they are listing out all the families from like Adam all the way through I think Noah or something, and the idea is that essentially this lineage has started over, and uh, that brings us the the idea is that brings us up to like the modern time for them at the time, which is to say that. Uh, there is this collective family nature to all of humanity. So we have this common uh, relationship. And because we have this, because we are essentially one giant crazy family running from Adam through Seth, through that lineage all the way to Abraham or Noah, wherever they stop it. So we essentially have this common responsibility for one another, right? So uh, when we talk about speaking the bleep out, and when you read a verse like Proverbs thirty-one, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are uh, for the rights of all who are destitute, speak up for the rights, defend the the, the rights of the poor and needy. Um, the idea of responsibility, at least in the Jewish mind, would be that we are all connected and we are all family going back through Adam. Therefore, if if somebody cannot speak up for themselves, if somebody is poor and needy and destitute, then we have some sort of larger responsibility to the larger family of humanity, right? Because blood is thicker than water. And so even though we may be separated by continents, we may be separated by oceans, cities, geographical boundaries, uh, maybe even at this point in the world, race, you know, uh, all, all the various things that we use to separate us, um, there is still some sort of deeper connection. And because there is this deeper family connection, then we do have some sort of responsibility to look out for one another. We have a responsibility to speak out, to speak up, to speak the bleep up for when things are off, when somebody can't take care or defend themselves, when somebody is being oppressed or marginalized or hurt, there is some sort of responsibility. It's like, do you ever see that show? There was a show, uh, I don't even know if it's still on, uh, and I didn't even watch it a ton, but I got the basic gist. Uh, that show, What Would You Do? Where they would put a film crew and put a person in a particular situation and then have something happen and then wait to see what the person would do. Like if, like if they're at a restaurant and they made sure that uh, somebody, like a particular person in there, saw somebody that they had instructed to like steal from the register or something. Do they like A... Uh, just observe it and not do anything? Do they uh, get up 
and go stop them from doing it? Or do they like speak up and call attention to it? Like how do they respond to that situation? Um, it was a great premise, great idea. And what you see is that sometimes people, they, they do just that. They see it, they, they know that this thing that's happening is wrong, but they don't do anything about it. Sometimes they do, sometimes they point it out, sometimes they have something to say, right? That's what we're talking about is seeing the thing that's off and knowing when you should be willing and able to take a stand to, to speak the bleep out about it. I mean, if, um, if you look at the, the life and the ministry of Jesus, Jesus' whole ministry was speaking out. I mean, usually it was speaking out against the religious institution, but he was continually speaking out against it. Right. Uh, let's see. In in Matthew chapter uh, twenty, what is it? Matthew twenty three. That whole chapter, it's titled "A Warning Against Hypocrisy." Right. And so he just is going for it against the Pharisees. Uh, in fact, uh, once you get into verse twelve, uh, before verse thirteen, the, the section is titled Seven Woes on the Teachers of the Law and the Pharisee." I'm not going to read the whole thing, but let me let me give you just a couple so you get an idea of this. Woe to you, teachers of the law and the Pharisees, you hypocrites. You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a punch to the face, isn't it? Like, if your whole job as a teacher of the law, as the religious leaders, is to help people uh, in their relationship with God, and Jesus says, you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces, you yourselves do not enter nor will you let those enter who are trying to. So not only are they keeping people out, they themselves are not coming in. Like they're, they're so religious, they're so worried about the law that they're missing the kingdom of God. Uh, verse 15, Woe to you, teachers of law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You travel over land and sea to win a single convert, and when you have succeeded, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. Oh, another one, just a big uppercut to the chin, right? Their whole goal is to expand God's kingdom. And yet God says you're putting, or Jesus says you're putting in all this effort to expand God's kingdom. And yet, like, you're not, you're missing it. You're actually, you're actually worse than the people who don't know anything. And when you do finally convert somebody, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. Right? This, by the way, is this is the kind of language that will get you killed. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? When you speak the bleep up, speak the bleep out against an institution or a religion or a particular way of being or a cultural mindset, you can be almost guaranteed there's going to be some backlash. There's going to be some pushback. It keeps going... Um, We'll skip down to some of this because uh, it, it's a it's a lot, and, and if, I'm sure if you were these guys, like this this would have your blood boiling because this is like the opposite of you see yourself as the holy righteous one, and Jesus is just blasting your face off. Okay, let's get down to verse 32. Uh, you snakes, you brood of vipers, how will you escape being condemned to hell? Therefore, I'm sending you the prophets and sages and teachers. Some of them you will kill and crucify. Others you will flog in your synagogues and pursue from town to town. Verse 37, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, 
How have I, how often I long to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you are not willing. Look, uh, your house is left to desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So he just rips these guys to shreds, right? And again, anytime you speak out against something, anytime you speak up, speak the bleep out against the powers that be, um, there's gonna be some issues. They're gonna come after you. In fact, I was listening, there's this incredible book I've just been listening to called uh, The Mother Tree, Finding Mother Tree, which we probably should do a whole podcast on that because it's, it is so fascinating. I don't know if I'm smart to like recap all the details, but I can give you like a general idea. Essentially, this lady grew up in, in like the, uh, like the realm of forestry, like working in, in the realm of, in the space. I don't, what's, realm's not the right word. Who cares? Uh, and she was a scientist. And so her job working for a, like a logging company was to monitor the clear cut spaces that these logging companies took uh, the wood from, and then to be a part of the replanting and making sure that everything was growing properly according to like the governmental standards and the EPA, was she began to discover some really fascinating things about this practice of clear cutting. And, and the whole concept essentially was just that the way that they were doing things uh, actually wasn't that effective. And if by using more integrated planting processes, they could get better, stronger wood to grow faster and much healthier without destroying like thousands of acres at a time to clear cut the land in order to have the wood they needed. And so the minute that she started to do this, that she published her research, that she, that she spoke the bleep up and out uh, about what she was finding, and, and it, wasn't, it wasn't even a direct attack on the, on the logging industry, it was just her going, here's the research I found, look at what we're doing, this is not a good practice, there is a better way, and I had the science to back it. The minute that she started to publish her research, she came under all kinds of critique and attack and criticism from, from the industry, from some of the peers doing similar studies, from, uh, I think she's Canadian, so this was all happening in the great white north, um, un, un, under, she came under attack from some of the government uh, people who, that, who were like funding the research, and it's just a crazy, a crazy story, because the minute you speak the bleep up, and say something that somebody doesn't want to hear, you're going to get some pushback. You're going to get um, people who are not happy with with what you're saying and what you're doing. Um, the interesting thing kind of about it is like, a lot of times I think we know, we know when something's off or when something's not right or when somebody's being mistreated or abused. Um, but a lot of times, and some of this just depends on your personality. Some people have no problem diving headfirst into conflict and just calling people out on their BS. But for most people, it can be a bit difficult. And there's so many things that, that govern, uh, why and when, or if we choose to speak out, right? So like, 
what is the thing, what is it that prevents us from speaking out, from speaking the bleep up when we know, when we're convicted in our hearts and our minds that this is not right? You know, and, and this runs the gamut, by the way. We're not just talking about like big picture stuff. We're also talking about like personal day-to-day stuff. We're talking about um, in, in, in your own relationships, uh, when it comes to your family. We're talking about uh, how you interact with people at work. We're talking about policies and procedures for like how our governments function. We're talking about the bigger systemic issues uh, uh, that, that often plague our culture. Um, there's all different levels of this stuff. So what is it that prevents us in any one of these levels from actually speaking the bleep out? Well, I think a lot of it is fear, maybe. We're afraid of what may happen. We're afraid of the pushback. We're afraid of what people may think about us or about what they may say about us. Maybe there's some shame involved. Uh, where we're carrying some sort of guilt or weight on our shoulders, and so we don't feel we have the strength to or the the resilience to take on the fight if that's what comes our way. And by the way, this all doesn't have to be, I feel like this sounds like like it, it all has to be aggressive. This doesn't have to be aggressive. The lady with the trees was just publishing her research, right? Um, Jesus <laughs> condemning the Pharisees, that that was that was has more of an aggressive tone to it, but but let's say something let's say something like a family dynamic. If you have a family member who's been unkind, who hasn't treated you well, who has continually uh, like been untrustworthy or talked bad about you or just been kind of rude in general, um, at some point you have to be willing to to say something about it. You have to speak the bleep up. And you, I, I've seen situations where people won't speak up for themselves because of some sort of fear or shame with their family dynamic, right? So, or, or maybe, maybe there's peer pressure. Maybe you're uh, with your larger family. I've experienced this, being with a larger family group and having <laughs> an older person uh, say something that I utterly disagree with, um, and not only just a, a, a disagreement, but a disagreement because what they were saying uh, carried some sort of religious undertone, like it it was it was connected to a a religious belief, but the thing that they said actually opposed or was contradictory to what I think they believe, and so like. In that situation, my my heart and soul desperately long to say something, but also there's like maybe this peer pressure surrounding this this particular topic or idea that if you speak up, you know you're going to be the odd man out, which means now there's there's risk uh, of being ostracized by a family or being you know cast as the oddball or the black sheep, and then all of a sudden your place of belonging feels somewhat in jeopardy, right? Yeah, there's a bunch of reasons. Sometimes it's just we don't have time, right? Or sometimes we're just not paying attention. Uh, but there's a bunch of reasons why we might, that, that, that might prevent us from speaking the bleep out. Um, what about, uh, have you ever seen a situation where you see a parent 
parenting their child in a way that seems a bit much or maybe a bit abusive. Maybe, maybe you've seen this at a grocery store uh, where a parent is uh, maybe being a, a bit strong with their smaller child. Um, maybe you've been the recipient. I, I yelled at my kids one time in the grocery store and I had a mom uh, track me down and, and say something to me, which I thought was very brave. Also, she doesn't know our family and our family dynamic. So it was a, we were having a bad day, and it served as a reminder to me, one, that I have to be more mindful of, of just my own emotions and my responses. But two, uh, when you're in public settings like that, a lot of people are going to have a lot of opinion. Now, was she off base? A little bit, yeah. I think she misread it. But also it did serve to me as like a, it was kind of a check like, hey, you need to pay attention better to what you're saying and how you're saying it. Because to me, it didn't seem like a big deal. I was getting getting on my kids because they kept taking stuff off the shelves. Um, but to her, it was a big deal. But I've also seen situations where there's clearly something is off or wrong. Um, and people just kind of watch right? Without saying anything. And you're like, that poor child. In fact, there was a, um, there was a situation at, we were at our kids game, uh, softball game not too long ago. And there was a whole, I mean, when it comes to parents and sports, oh my goodness, it gets weird, right? Kids sports. Um, there was a, the, the thing that happened wasn't even on my kid's field. It was the field next to it. And essentially, uh, a kid did something and one of the coaches and I'm not, I didn't see it. So this is like secondhand, thirdhand story here, but the coach kind of like rough, rough house, the kid, like, like smacked his helmet, like a bit more aggressive than cause he, he, he had messed up a play or something and was getting in the kid's face about it. Well, that was a coach to one of the players. So one of the, uh, observing spectator dads, saw this and did not think it was right. And so he started to yell at and chastise the the coach. What are you doing? You can't do that. You shouldn't treat kids that way. This whole thing, which I applaud his, his bravery. And the coach goes, the coach goes, this is my son. I can do what I want. Uh, and which is kind of an ignorant thing to say, but I also get it. I get it. But also it was a bit over the line. And so all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there is this eruption of anger and tension in which these two adult men are getting ready to have a throwdown fight um, over how this particular dad was treating his child, right? Now, again, I don't know the external, the, the larger situation. I didn't see the thing happen. One of them may have overreacted, but I do applaud the guy <clears throat> for speaking the bleep out. Now, some people may say, well, that guy needs to mind his own business. And, and maybe he did. This actually takes us back to the idea, to that Proverbs, that sometimes you need to address the fool according to his folly, and sometimes you need to let it go. Yeah, this is the real tricky thing, because we need, we need to have the ability and the experience and the, um, the wisdom to do both. We need to have the ability to do both. But it takes gaining the wisdom to know when to do what, doesn't it? So um, wisdom is knowing, knowing the difference. So, so maybe for you, like, 
um, what what is an area in your life currently that maybe you need to speak the bleep out or speak the bleep up? Like, and again, this could go from this could run the whole the whole gamut, the whole spectrum of things. Like, for you personally on on, on your relationships, is there a particular relationship that seems to be a bit out of balance or unhealthy, and you've just went along with it for a while now? And maybe it's time for that thing to change, right? Is there any sort of uh, family dynamic that's off that that it's time for you, like you 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 know you can't keep operating this way because it's so unhealthy. Maybe it's time to speak the bleep out. Or what about maybe at work? There's a particular situation, or your boss is treating your particular way, and it could be very risky because if you actually do this. Like you risk losing a job, maybe, or maybe it helps things to get better. But what do you need to speak the bleep out? Or maybe when it comes to, um, you know, uh, the, the larger the larger situations in the world, what are you seeing or feeling? Like there, there is a lady um, in our in my general area who has run for a couple like. Uh, local political offices, and right, wrong, or indifferent with, like, her whole kind of um, platform or whatever, the one thing I do appreciate about her is that she has a, a very, uh, a very deep heart for for the wilderness, for the animals, and stuff like that, and so she is continually um, speaking out on, on behalf of, of the animals, like, uh, doing things uh, to save manatees, doing things to protect the bears, doing things to protect the wildlife, where she's not just going, yeah, somebody should do something. She's taking action and she's speaking out publicly and she's trying to partition the government and trying to get protection for the animals that are becoming endangered because we just keep developing the world and they're running out of space and the animals become the victims and all this. And so... Uh, even though, like, and I, again, I don't know her whole platform, but I do appreciate the fact that she is being brave enough and bold enough to speak the bleep out about these things and to help bring a difference, right? And and what was that passage uh, going back to the uh, the Proverbs, Psalms, Proverbs, no, Psalms, Proverbs thirty one, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Yeah, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Now, I don't know that the psalmist or the Proverbs here, the person who wrote this, was necessarily thinking of, <clears throat> like, the environment. <laughs> I don't know that they were uh, environmentally conscious. I think uh, they they were subconsciously environmentally conscious because they were much more connected to the land, like there weren't these big corporations that, that were destroying so much stuff, and we weren't polluting the earth as like we do currently. Um, they they lived more in tune with the land, and so there was kind of this natural protection built into it because you were reliant upon it, right? I need to take care of the earth that's because the earth is what's taking care of me. Um, but I do think this idea speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Yeah, this is a this is a big idea. This um, is this this covers a lot of ground in a lot of area, 
Um, so what, what do you need to speak up for, speak out against? What, where do you need to, um, what was the, the passage, uh, answer a fool according to his folly? Yeah, because we're surrounded by this stuff. And it, and it is much easier to, to not say anything. Um, what about, I had a conversation with a person the other day that I know is uh, uh, openly, fairly openly, uh, a part of the LGBT, LGBTQ community. And, uh, you know, with being Pride Month and everything right now, of course, there's a lot, a lot of people that are speaking out. Um, but this person was just kind of saying that although they feel deeply uh, connected to this idea of <clears throat> of um, being being wanting to be known, wanting to be seen, wanting to be able to express themselves, that they carry with them this great deal of fear um, for how they will be treated by some of their family, by how they will be treated by their church, by how they will be treated by the people around them. And so there was this internal wrestling that uh, they felt like, I, I feel like I need to say something, one, on their own behalf, and two, on the behalf of others. And so I, I just, as I listened to them kind of share some of this, I thought, man, that that is a tough spot to be in. And I do feel, I do feel for them. And I, and I don't know personally, I mean, maybe we all do in some way, what it's like to feel like you have to continually hide who you are um, because of because of other people, because of how they will treat you, because of how they will judge you. Uh, I think we all do a, a little bit of hiding. Um, but I thought, yeah, that's this is somebody who this isn't a situation for this person to not answer a fool according to his folly. This is a situation that they need to answer the fool, that they need to speak the bleep out in a, in a loving, it doesn't, again, it, none of this has to be aggressive. This can be done with tact and with care and with love. It takes a great deal of wisdom, but you can speak the bleep out for the things that concern you in a way that brings change in a way that is still very loving, right? Yeah. So sometimes we need to shut the bleep up, but sometimes we need to speak the bleep out Right there. If you remember, this is the last thing, and we'll wrap up here. Um, we I just read the Lorax, uh, the Dr. Seuss book, which became a movie, which was a great movie. I love that movie. Um, but I was we got the book, and I was reading it to one of my kids. And there's that great line in there uh, from the Lorax. And the Lorax, just in case you don't know, I assume you do, but just in case, the Lorax is the character uh, who is the defender of the trees, right? And so uh, he, he continually says that, uh, that, uh, that he speaks for the trees. Um, and so there's this great line he has uh, where he says, unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, uh, nothing is going to get better. It's not. So the Lorax is the one who speaks the bleep up, right? And he's this little fuzzy little character that's not very big, that doesn't really have a whole lot of power, but yet carries the bravery to point to the thing that's not right. To point to the thing, what did that scripture say? Uh, 
speak up for those who cannot speak up for themselves. The trees cannot speak up for themselves, and so the Lorax has taken on this responsibility to say something. He, he can't fight. He can't, uh, like, put a, an end to this immediately, but he can at least say something. Unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing is going to get better. It's not. So whether we're talking about on the personal individual scale, family dynamics, whatever, nothing's going to get better until you care enough to say something, either to defend and protect yourself or to defend and protect the people around you. When we talk about something about the larger scale of politics and systemic issues and uh, environmental you know, earth care stuff for like, you know, the planet that we all live on and depend on until someone like you cares a whole awful lot. Nothing's going to get better. It's not. Words create worlds. Sometimes the thing that will change and move and shift and create a whole new world is simply being the one brave enough to say something about it. So we need your voice. We need your voice. Not always, because sometimes it's not good to answer a fool according to his folly. But when there is something, when somebody or something is being taken advantage of, marginalized, abused, exploited, yeah, then you, we, need to speak the bleep out. All right, my friends, this has been the Sneaky Emu. I think we went a little long. I'm sorry. I'm sending you all the love in your general direction. God bless. Mom, thanks for listening, and go in peace. We're here to unlearn Teachings of the church and state We're here to drink beer We're here to kill war